praise his holy name. Glory to God. Oh, y'all don't have to stop worship just because the song goes off. That's that's the thing. See, that's the whole thing that God is getting us to. I mean, we have become so programmed to only worship when the music is on that as soon as the music cuts off, we could disconnect. But see, the thing about when you're connected to the to the father, when you're connected in the spirit, it doesn't matter if they have song on or not. I'll tell you, some of the best concerts I've ever been to was in the shower. Well, I tell you what, I'm in the shower, boy, I can hit every note, every tune. I sound good, boy. I don't know. It's his, it's his super on my natural. It makes it supernatural. And boy, when I'm in the shower, I mean, shoot, I ought to sell tickets to that thing. But the thing about it is, is when you're in the presence of God and you, and you see, this is the thing. God wants you to be intimate with him. And see, the way you express this into me see in other words god i'm going to give you all of me and then god is going to give you all of him and then that's how that's why the song says when you come in the room it changes everything it changes what you see and then it changes what you're going to seek while you're in his very presence it would change what you seek where you're in his very presence because now it gets you the whole point of praise and worship is to get all your flesh out the way Get your mind to get still, get you to the point where you're just ready to receive from the Father. There's no hindrances, no obstacles. Because, I mean, how many of you know life can cause you to be, okay, you sitting in service, what am I going to do when I get home? Oh, I got to call Mary. Oh, I got to call Bill, too. Oh, man, them children. Oh, I got to clean the house. Oh, when I get, and you, and you got your list, and you ain't even got to the benediction yet. And you already got, when I get home, if they ain't got this, ooh, I'll tell you, I told him, yeah. But when you when you come into service in an expectation and you're expecting, man, when I get to service, man, I'm not only am I coming lock cocked and ready to rock, ready, you know, you bringing your your supply. But, man, I'm going to hook up with other brothers and sisters and we're going to have a corporate worship. And then God is just going to go kaboom. You know, so see, in prayer, you got to go to God in worship. God comes to you. Yeah, see that? When you go to prayer, you going to God. But when you in worship, God comes to you. Oh, they singing my song. Y'all know, you know, husbands, wives. I don't husbands. I don't know if you can carry a tune in the bucket. But if you ever serenaded your wife before, oh, he's oh. <laughs> she all bubbly inside. Is I'm all bubbly inside. Like oh Lord, and then but she will she will respond to your singing. God responds to your worship. He was, so even in, ooh, even in the midst of your storm, cut on some good praise and worship music. All H-E double hockey stick is going on. Cut on some good praise and worship. Just get before the, and just begin to sing and watch and see what happens. It's going to change the atmosphere. It's, going, it's literally going to change the atmosphere. And what's going to happen, he says, is you're going to get quiet. And you're going to get still. And then when he begins to, ooh, that's good. The prophet Elijah was a prime example. He had all kind of chaos going on. But when he got quiet and he got still, he wasn't looking for God in the storm. He wasn't looking for God in the wind. He wasn't looking for God in the fire. He wasn't looking God. For, it was a still, small voice. And the father said, there's many people this morning who needs to hear that still, small voice. Oh, yeah. Just listen to him. I'm a, just listen to him. Just listen to him. Because one thing he's saying, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. 
He says this. He says, I had your answer before you even realized you had the problem. I had already made a way of escape for you. All I need you to do is to get still. Get still physically, get still mentally, get still emotionally. Yep, it's already done. <laughs> it's already done. See, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Just let it go. Go ahead. Open your, go oh, as, a, as an act of your faith, open up your arms like, Lord, I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. I'm loosening it and I'm giving it all to you. And I believe that you've already made a way of this. Yes, yes, yes. He says this morning, people are getting healed in their emotions. People are getting healed in their hearts right now. All you, just receive it. Just receive your healing and your emotions. Receive healing in your body. He, oh, that's good. Re, receive healing in your relationships. He says relationships need to be healed this morning. Marriages are being healed this morning. Relationships with children are being healed this morning. Glory to God. Yeah, even people's relationships, family members you've been praying for, family members you've been interceding for, relationships with the Father is being restored this morning. It's being, it's being, it's being restored. Now just, just give God praise. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you, Father. That is already done and it is already so. And Father, we won't touch it again with our mouths. We won't touch it again with our actions. We'll just praise you and worship you. That is already done. It's already done. Oh, just stay right there for a moment. Just stay right there. Don't be quick. Just stay right there. Just receive. Oh, that's right. Just receive it this morning. Just like, like rain. Like like. Like you're standing under a waterfall this morning and the rain of his glory and the rain of the anointing and the rain of refreshing and the rain and the wash and rain, the wash and rain, the wash and rain. Yep, right there, right there. Come on, let him have it right there. Let him put his finger on it right there. Yeah, that, yeah, that last, yep, I know. He says he know. yep, it hurt, it hurt, but let it go. Let it go. Receive healing this morning. Receive healing this morning. Receive it. In Jesus' mighty name. Mm. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He said, I, I, just for you. I did it just for you. I'm, he said, I'm taking this time out just for you. Don't walk away taking the same care that you just gave to the Father. He says, leave it with me. I know the ends and I know things about it you don't even know. He says, but when you allow me to take it, when you allow me to do it, he says, I'll make a way. I will do it exceedingly, abundantly above anything that you could ever ask or think. Exceedingly, abundantly above anything you could ever ask or think. Take a deep breath. Let it out. Ah. Amen. How many people feel lighter than you did when you came in the room? It's just that quick. 
I mean, bam, that's what praise and worship is all about. When you get before God and then bam, he just drop it on you like, 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 yeah. <laughs> we give God all the glory for that. We give God. I, I am merely a vessel. I'm merely a vessel. And you can do the same thing I do. In fact, I will. I, my goal is to train everybody to do what we do so that when you're on your jobs, you're in your neighborhoods, you're in your house, you can recreate the same, the same atmosphere. All you got to do is just let them come in. Glory to God. Even my dog is saved. He hear praise and worship music. He just falls out. Glory to God. Only dog I know who answers the altar call every time. Glory to God. Every time. They, he be trying to repeat it. Like, what in the world? I'm not delaying. I'm just waiting. Because he, he says this. A couple. <laughs> yeah. He just got to get that last little bit that you, you want to hold on to that last little bit. He said, no, give it all to me. Let it all go. Let it all go. Let it all go. Yep, all of it. Come on now. Don't be stubborn. Let him have it all. You know, when, when, when you say, honey, I love you with all my heart, God says, give me all of it. Don't just give me a piece of it. Don't He said, don't even give me the piece. That, give me that piece that you think you can handle on your own. He said, I want that piece too. Give it all to me. 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 He says, because that peace that you think you can handle might be the reason why you're continuing to go through the same thing. Because you're in the way. Move your butt out the way. Yell your butt. Get your butt out the way. Today is the day. He says, today is your appointed time for healing. Today is your appointed time of deliverance. Today is your appointed time for wholeness. Today is the day that it turns around. So on your calendar, I want you to mark November the 22nd. Uh, 2020 at uh, 9.57 Eastern Standard Time was the moment that my life turned around. My situation turned around. In Jesus' name. Whew. I'm higher than a Georgia pine right now. Amen? All right, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you can, if you want to stand up, you don't bother me at all. Glory to God. I know exactly where I think we're going this morning. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, this is your very first time at Faithful Life Center. I want to welcome you on behalf of my wife, Joanne, and myself. My name is Pastor Milton Jones. I want to welcome you to Faithful Life Center. We don't believe that you're here by circumstance or happenstance. We believe it was a divine appointment. I tell you what it was. It's a setup. You got set up by, all, by the Holy Ghost to be here this morning to hear that one word. If you don't get anything out, he said that word was for you. Actually, that word was for a lot of people. Glory to God. Because people right now are going through it, but God. That's the, love, the thing about Psalms 21, 23. I like he says, yo, though I walk, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It is most of the time, though, people camp out, build a tent, 
set up a community, start having children and grandchildren in while they're going through the valley of death. God says you're supposed to be walking through. Try that with me. They're going to walk through. It's okay. Y'all can do it. I know this is Canada, but I'm going to help y'all. You can walk through. So when you get rid of the situation, hey, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And, and why? Because I'm not going to fear any evil. Why? Because God is with me. See, God and you is the majority. It don't make no difference how many other people there might be. God and you make up the majority. So we want to welcome you. We want to welcome you, all who are watching online this morning in the name of Jesus who couldn't come out. We want to welcome you. <laughs> Joe, Joe, ooh, keep pulling. Keep pulling. See, when you come to, to, a, to a, a meeting, we don't call this service, but when you come to a meeting at the depot, we call it the depot because it's a training facility. That's why, a.k.a. the garb. The reason why it's the depot is because it's a, it's a constant training to train up a, a force, an elite force to go out and take the kingdom of God to, to north, south, east, and west across all of this great land. In the name of Jesus. And when you come to the depot, come with an expectation. I'm expecting to have, that's why the service online is called Kingdom Encounters, to have an encounter with the kingdom of God that I can never, I'll never walk out and be the same as I was before I came in. In Jesus' name. Whew. Okay. All right. Are y'all ready? I think I have, the, I have the marching orders for this morning. See, even when you stand in this spot, you got to wait until you are released. Okay, now that's where I want you to go. All right, Father, thank you. So I have the marching orders. Are y'all ready? Are y'all locked and loaded? Now, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I make this declaration that the Spirit of the Lord God, in according to Isaiah 61, 1 through 4, that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. To give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called. The trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And... They will build up the former desolations. They will raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities. The declarations, the desolation of many generations. So God has anointed you. He's anointed me to take the word of God forth to minister to, to the meek, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain and the opener of the prison to the unbound. So he's going to use you. He's going to use me to go out and begin to restore back the way city he's going to use you to restore back the former desolation he's going to use you to restore uh, the desolation of many generations in other words jesus is not going to get off the throne and do what he's already empowered you to do can i get one amen in the church he's not going to get off the throne to empower you he's not going to get off the throne to do what he's already empowered you to do He's he has he he's already empowered you, anointed you, equipped you to do everything that you are facing right now. Just like in 
Second, uh, second, I believe it's second Corinthians chapter 12, when Paul was being buffeted by the demonic forces and he went to God three times like, God, will you do something? Uh, will you get this stuff off of me? And God said, so what did God say to him? He's like, yes, Paul, I'll do it for you. That is not what he said. He says, my grace, my supernatural deutimous power is more than sufficient for you to do what? Overcome this situation. And that's a word of the Lord to you this morning. His grace upon you is more than enough for you to overcome this situation and circumstance that you're going through. And what we're going to do today is we're going to find help you to learn how to, if I was to give this message a title, winning the battle within. Winning the battle within. Because the battle is either going to be won or lost based off what's going on on the inside of you. I know y'all sitting there like, what the world? How's that going to happen? Well, I'm going to show you this morning. And yeah. Yeah. It's going to be won or lost based off of what the bat whether you win the battle or lose the battle on what's going on inside of you. Now, many people asked about the ministry. What is your ministry all about? What's this church all about? And I might like to make it simple, make it plain. This is why we're here. We are assembled to take the kingdom of God north, south, east, and west through our land. We've been called to make disciple makers who will impact the seven pillars of, of influence in our land. We've been called to tear down strongholds and establish new ways of thinking according to the kingdom of God. We've been called to represent heaven in the earth as kings and priests, we've been called to prepare a people for the return of the Lord. We're leaders of leaders and we're sounding the alarm to all who will hear it. It's time to take your place and take the land and reestablish the kingdom of God living in the city of Ottawa and throughout all of Canada. It is it will take each and every one of us to do our part for this to happen. God has chosen you for such a time as this. He's chosen you for such a time as this. The, yeah, he said that. Say that again. He's chosen you for such a time as this. You're not here by chance. You're not here by accident. And I tell you what, when he told me we was going 1,800 miles northeast, to a place called Ottawa. I didn't even know Ottawa existed. And this is what you're going to do when you get there. I'm like, God, you got jokes. They got snow, Lord. <laughs> they got snow, and they got a lot of it, Lord. And they talk funny too, Lord. And they tell you, I got an accent, Lord. I don't know what's going on. And most of them don't even look like me, Lord. They ain't got my hair cut or nothing, Lord. Something's wrong. And you telling me to go where to the root? Well, Lord, do you know? I ain't telling you what to do, but do you know they don't look nothing like me out there, Lord? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But he says, I have chosen you for such a time as this. But I'm going to help you. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you in the name of Jesus for this opportunity to minister to these, your sheep. 
Father, I thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but Father, let it be in demonstration of Holy Spirit and power, that their faith lie not in the wisdom of men, but lie in the power of the Most High God. Holy Spirit, you're already here, moving up and down each and every aisle, touching each and every person, touching each and every household. Father, I pray that, that you have given me holy boldness to speak forth your word in full context and divulge mysteries, answers, and solutions to questions I don't even have knowledge about. May you be glorified in all that we say and do. And it's in your son Christ Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. Now, <laughs> all right, are y'all ready? I got, I got a word for y'all this morning. I got a word for y'all this morning. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. And according to Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 through 9, Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 through 9, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible, and it says this. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to, say your name, Jerry. to Milton. Okay. It's not by might. Is not by power, but is by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. So he's telling you, it's not by might, is not by power, but is by his Holy Spirit. How are you going to face that problem? Is not by might, is not by power, but by his Holy Spirit. How are you going to fulfill all that God has called you to do? Is not by might, is not by power, is by the Holy Spirit. How are you going to take the kingdom of God all north, south, east, and west and make disciples and make leaders and you're going to tear down strongholds and you're going to establish new ways of thinking? It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the Holy Spirit. So get out of your own head when you're trying to figure it out because if you could have figured it out, we wouldn't be in this situation in the first place. If you can figure it out, we all in trouble. <laughs> it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by his Holy Spirit. Now, he also says, what, this is what you say. This is what you're supposed to say. This is when you got to get some holy boldness. What, what are you, oh great mountain, before? Say your name. You will become a plain and you talking about he will bring forth or you will bring forth uh, the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Also, the word of the Lord came to me saying the hand of say your name have laid the foundation of this house and say your name hands will finish it. So God has had you started and God says, you're going to be the one who's going to finish it. God, yes, sir. He says, I have. He says that which I begun in you, I am faithful to finish it. I'm going to do it until, the, until Jesus Christ returns. But into, in that time, no matter how great the situation, no matter how great the circumstance, no matter how great the mountain is, you could say to your mouth, who What's this little mountain? You're going to be like a little plane standing before me. Why? Because it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by his Holy Spirit. God has anointed you. God has chosen you. God has predained you for such a time as this. And if he started, if God was the one who initiated it with you, he says, you got my word on it. You will be the one who will finish it. Does anybody receive that this morning? Is that the word for you this morning? Just reach your hand up. 
Say, Father, I'll take that. That's my word for the day. So whenever you have test trials and tribulations and you have doubt that you are not going to fulfill what God has called you to be to do, just turn back to this word that you got this morning. Zechariah 4, 6 and 9 says, and then you go back to the king and you say this, Father, according to Zechariah 4, 6 through 9, this is your word to me this morning. This is my turnaround word. This is the word that tells me that you're all that you begun in me. You are for you. It's on you, Lord. The pressure is not on me, Lord. I'm looking at you. As a citizen of the kingdom of God, your your Bible is your constitution or your bill of rights with the father. And what you do as a citizen, you go to the king and you say, King, your the law says this. And according to your word, I'm holding you to it. God's not going to be like, who do you think you are, you piece of dirt? He's going to be like, ah, oh, OK, all right. You operate according to my kingdom. OK, it's already. And he gives you the word to say to him. And then when you say that word back to him, minister and angels go to work on your behalf. But if you sit there with your lips so tight, like you just ate a bag of lemons, then you will get exactly what it is you said. Absolutely nothing. He told me to tell you this. You can't solve a spiritual issue with a natural means. You can't solve a spiritual situation with natural means. It says this, the world works from the outside in. God works from the inside out. He says, uh, a facelift, if you have a facelift, I ain't judging you, but if you have a facelift, it's an example of trying to alter on the outside disasters that are going on on the inside. A lot of people who are getting faced, I mean, June and, June and I know someone right now, and I mean, she looks like a Barbie doll. I mean, she don't even look real. Because she's had so much, so many surgeries. And the reason why is because she's trying to fix on the outside issues that are on the inside. But God says, I, God says, I work on the inside so that when you see the results on the outside, they are long lasting. See, when you allow God to do a work in you. Then when he works in you and people begin to see you ain't the same way, you don't cuss all the time no more. You don't you don't drink all the time no more. You ain't smoking all the time. You ain't lying. You ain't stealing. You ain't doing all kinds of things. What's happening? A work's going on on the inside of you. And when he's working it on the inside and then boom, on the outside, it's kind of like, you know, I, I have a degree in kinesiology. And when we teach people about, you know, working out and everything and they like, I've been working out for two weeks and I ain't seen nothing yet. Be like, you worked out for two weeks. You ate like that for 20 years. I mean, what? <laughs> it's going to take some time. They're working on that. Now, I don't see no muscles. It's in there. I mean, you know, you just get it got all of that, get all that covering. You got to get that extra covering off and you'll get down to that same muscle. I mean, the difference between a bodybuilder and you is a bodybuilder has the same muscles you have. They just work more in developing. Same thing when it comes to the things of God. Same thing with the gifts of God. The more you allow those things, the gifts of God to work on the inside of you, the more you allow the word of God to work on the inside of you, you'll be doing things. And people be looking at you like, how did you pray for sister so-and-so when she got healed? And I, I don't slap more oil on her. She looked like a piece of Walker fried chicken right now. I don't put so much oil on it. Ain't nothing happened yet. I mean, like, because I'm doing it based off of what the word says. You're doing it 
hoping and wishing and in fear. That's the difference. It takes faith to operate in the gifts of the spirit. It takes faith to operate in it because your faith is not in you. Your faith is in who is with you. The faith is not in you. The faith is in the one who's with you. That's how it says in Acts 10 uh, to 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who oppressed of the devil because God is with him. Can I share a secret with you? God has anointed you also with what? The Holy Ghost and power to do what? Go about healing all who are sick and oppressed of the devil. Why? Because God is with you. He's not just with me. He's not just with Sister Joanne. He's not with just Brother Doug. He's with you. And we're going to talk about that if I get to it this morning. Glory to God. Because y'all keep pulling me. And I, I stop it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, last week we said that the Holy Ghost and power is on you. Turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, the Holy Ghost and power is with you. Turn to somebody else and say, neighbor, the Holy Ghost and power is with you. Point to yourself and say, hey, I want to let you know right now. The Holy Ghost and power is with you to go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil because God is with you. Now think about that for a second. God is with you. When did God come with you? The day you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, the God, by way of the Holy Spirit, lives on the inside of you. He goes with you everywhere you go. Now, he might be a silent partner because you're doing all the talking, but, you know, he is always with you. You ever been with somebody and they and they can't get a word in edgewise when they're talking to somebody else because that other person's talking so much? I know, I, I, I know. Preachers have a gift of that too. I was like, "Go, brother, hold on a second, brother, let me, who let me?" And then you'd be like, "Shut up, shut up, shut." Up. The Holy Spirit is telling you, "Be quiet. You can't fix the problem if you don't give them the opportunity to talk." Okay, hurry up, man. I got some stuff to share with you. <laughs> Dang, go on. You talking too slow. But bottom line is, the Holy Spirit is always with you. When God says, I'll never leave you in Hebrews chapter 13, verse five, he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, but I will be with you always. That's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And why is that important? Why well, I'm here. I'm glad you asked. Thank you so very much for asking. Jerry, you got so many questions. Boy, I take credit out. Last week we were talking about it's time to grow up. I know. Boy, it was hard on your flesh. I just said it's time to grow up. Your flesh was like, ah. Uh, it's time to grow up. And we were talking about how a house divided against itself cannot stand. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And that's where you're talking about the battle that's going on within the inside of you because you have, if you don't know this, in according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I believe it's verse 23, it says, You are a spirit. You are a spirit. Who possesses a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a physical body. So you are a three-part being. You are a spirit that possesses a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, but you live in a physical body. When you have a situation or circumstance that comes up, this is what happens. You have your spirit, 
that sends a signal to your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, that tells you what to do. Now, your soul is your filler, your chooser, and, and how you respond to things. I mean, you know, you can hear a word, you know, I say dog, and everybody's seeing whatever kind of dog you got. It was a mental image for you. But if I say fire, then, you know, I, I yell the word fire, then it means something altogether different. You heard the same information, but the way that my soul would process fire and the way that Jewin's brain would process fire is two totally two different things. Jewin will probably run from the fire. Me, I'm running towards the fire to see if there's anybody else in the fire. Now, the Holy Spirit will send a signal. You have a spirit. The Holy Spirit is inside of your spirit. So he sends a signal to your brain to tell you, you need to leave. Your, your body might be like, ah, your body, your flesh, your five physical senses will send the same signal to your soul that says, soul, it's telling your mind, panic, be afraid. Be, and then that's how people get burnt up. Because they like standing in the same place because they have overloaded themselves with a whole bunch of emotions. But your spirit sent the signal to your soul. Your body sent the signal to your soul. And depending on how you respond is going to depend on what results you're going to get out of it. Whether you're going to get out the house, whether you're going to run to the fire, whether you're going to burn the heck up. Did y'all see that? Wasn't deep, was it? But... That's how we lose the battle within because so many times we don't feed our spirit so our five physical senses are dominating. So you hear something, ah, this is what's going to happen, ah, this is going to happen, oh Lord, I knew we was going, I know the Rona, the Corona is right around the corner, it's chasing me, the devil busy, but she's like, shut up! Get your body still. What does the word of God say? Yes, we are. Whoa, 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 whoa. I ain't afraid of no doubt. Now, I don't deny the fact. The coronavirus is very real and it's going on. I deny it's right to have any place in my life or in the lives of anybody in my household. And I have it's deny it's right to come against people in my city, in my community. And then you go on the attack. See, as a member of the body of Christ who's in the kingdom of God, you don't run from the fight unless the father tells you to go. But he will tell you what to say in the midst of the fight. I'm not going to sit there like, oh, Lord, they said it's going to happen. Oh, Lord, my job's gone, Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm going to die too, Lord. Mm -mm. Father, your word says, by you, according to Matthew 6.33, you're going to supply all my needs according to your riches. You're going to uh, seek first your kingdom and all your righteousness. All these things will be added unto me. That's what you said. Now, you tell me what to say. You tell me what to do according to your word. And that's what I'm going to operate in. See the difference between the two? Same. same oh, that's good, Lord. He says everyone has, has right to the same information. Everybody's just not using it particularly people in the body of Christ. And one of the things, that's why he said, that's why we do the, the communicating and say this to your neighbor or say this to, say this to uh, yourself because if you won't talk to the neighbor, if you won't talk to yourself, guess what else you're not going to talk to? That mountain. Guess what else you're not going to talk to? That situation. Guess what else you're not going to talk to? That, that poverty spirit is trying to operate in your household. That spirit of fear that's trying to come across your nation. You, if you won't speak to one another, you're not going to talk to that either. So this, all this is, remember I told you this is training ground, right? Yeah. When I was in the Marine Corps, when I was in the Marine Corps, when we used to go into the child line, 
they always made you hold your tray at a certain angle, always. And if you didn't hold your arms at a certain angle, they would motivate you. And I'm not going to tell you, to make sure you keep your arms, <laughs> I ain't going to give out no secrets, but they'll motivate you to keep your arms at a certain angle. And all the time you're going through, and this is every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you always had to hold your arms at a certain angle. And you had to hold your tray at a certain angle. What we did not know, the reason why they was doing that until we got to the end, is they had us trained to hold our arms at a certain angle so that when we it came to train with our, our weapon, when we was doing parade drills with our weapon and everything, you're used to holding it at a 45 degree angle. The same reason why when we're in church and we say, say this, and you're like, I ain't saying nothing. Okay, keep your lips tight. Then we call them later. But I need prayer. I told you what to say. I'll pray for you. And what I'm praying for is you get out of that concrete cranial, a.k.a. hard-headed, and then give you the word. Say this with me. Say this. Say this. Speak to that mountain. Tell that mountain, you ain't got no place in my house. You got to go in the name of Jesus. I know this is, this is not conventional. I ain't trying to be conventional. I'm just going to be who God called me to be. I tried that traditional work. It didn't look right. I told you when I used to sit up in church with my hands crossed, with my suit on and everything. And the Lord asked me, what are you doing? I'm looking at the people on the pulpit next to me. I'm like, I'm trying to be like them. He's like, I didn't call you to be like that. I was like, but Lord, if I, if I do something different, I'm going to be out of place. He's like, I didn't tell you to try to fit in here. Like, oh, oh, and I was, I was tight. I mean, I, my, now, I'm telling you, it was so funny because my suit didn't even look like that suit. I mean, that suit had like, you know, the button way down here and everything, and they had more furniture in the front and everything, but my suit was like button up here and went all the way down here and cut down. I mean, it was, yeah, it was already out there. Yeah, my mom used to think I was adopted. I think she used to think I was adopted because if you meet my brothers, I'm nothing like my brothers. They'll tell you that joke out there. But the thing about it is the, 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 the uniqueness in your personality, even the quirks in your personality is so that you'll be able to reach people that ordinarily people can't reach. See, everybody won't receive from me, but they'll receive from you. If you allow yourself to be used. See that? See, I'm still giving you the word. I mean, he's still cutting y'all up. He, I'm just doing it with some sugar on it. But it's still the same word. Now, we talked about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 last week. Uh, yes, sir. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Yes, sir. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Yes, sir. 1 Ooh, glory. It says this, read now to the uh, Passion Translation. Glory to God. He says this, he said, brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those who are spiritually mature people, for you are still dominated by the mindset of your flesh. It says, and because you are immature infants in Christ, I had to nurse you and feed you with milk. Not with the solid food of more advanced teachings, because you weren't ready for it. In fact, he says, you are still not ready for the solid food, 
For you are living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. Now, he's talking to born-again, spirit-filled, miracle signs and wonders, church, and he's still saying, you are still immature. So you don't have to wait till you can, you know, till you like sister slay him down, a brother, you know, pat, you know, lay him out. You don't have to wait. You, as a born again believer, when you receive Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, you have the Word, you have the anointing, and you have the Holy Spirit already working on the inside of you. So you can operate. He can use you. He will use you for miracle signs and wonders. He will use you to speak to for demonstration of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He will use you to do that. But it doesn't mean you don't have to grow up. Even as a pastor, even as a leader, you have to grow up. If you ever think you've already arrived, you, you are already in trouble. When I study during the week, I study for me. And from what I've studied for me, then I get a word for you. But I'm studying for me because when I step out of this pulpit, I, I'm a believer. I'm a believer first. He says, ask yourselves this. How do you know if you're immature or not? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Ask yourself, is there jealousy among you? Do you compare yourselves with other? Nobody here. Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? If so, this proves that you are living your lives centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers. For when you divide yourselves up into groups, I'm the Paul group, I'm the Apollos group, you're acting like people without the Spirit's influence. Who is Apollos really? Or who is Paul? Aren't we both just servants through whom you believed our message? Aren't each of us doing the ministry of the Lord has assigned to us? I was the one who planted the church and Apollos came and he cared for it. But it was God who caused it to grow. In other words, don't get hung up on personality. See, what people get hung up on is personality. I like the way he's kind of funny. He's got to get, you know, he's more hip. Bottom line is I only care about one thing is that person. I got it, gentlemen. Is that person teaching the word? Are they teaching the word in its proper context? Is it anointed? The word is anointed. But is the individual flowing in their office and gives the way God called him to be? I don't know. I, I just listen to the word. I, you can learn from anybody, but that doesn't mean you sit under everybody. Because we can all get it wrong. First Corinthians 13 says, we know in part, we prophesy in part. What that, what that mean? You don't know it all. I don't know it all. But when we come together collectively, we can put the whole pie together. But, oh, that's good, Lord. He says, but in order to do that, you got to stay teachable. You have to stay pliable. When, see, when I leave here in the, in the afternoon and I go home and the lovely and I are preparing lunch and tea and all that, the first thing I do is get back under the word. I have a pastor and I feed myself. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So don't get caught up on personalities. He sounds like me. He's strong in the Lord. Uh, she's really quiet and, and meek. No, I don't care nothing about all that. 
is what you saying line up with the word. My wife told me the other day, I need you to stop talking to the to the TV and I need you to stop talking to the computer because they can't hear you. That is not in the Bible. What school of ministry did you go to? That ain't true. Oh, I ain't the only one. All right. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And, and, and the thing about it is that's good. And this and this and this is what you do instead. You pray for them. And then you also pray for yourself because you might have it wrong. They might have a piece that you don't have yet. So you father, show me. You got to show me that. I don't care who they are. Show me in your word. So God is the one that causes it to grow. This means the one who plants is not anybody special, nor the one who waters for one who waters are equally important and uh, on the same team. But each will be rewarded for his own work. We are co-workers with God and you are God's cultivated garden, the house he is building. So it's not about you. It's not about you. How can I say that again? In a nice Canadian way. Dear love, sweetie, honey, boo. It's not about you. So God, you know, it's, if I don't do it, it ain't going to get done. Don't be like Elijah. He said that same thing. God, what did God say? I got a thousand who ain't bow their knee to Baal. We are not the cat's meow. We are part of it. But it takes all of us working collectively together in order to accomplish what God has called us to do. Now, the reason why we're going through all this is because the word of God says that there is a war going on. That word going on is the war that's going on within. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. I'm reading out of the Amplified, which says this. For though we walk or live in the flesh. We are not carrying out our warfare according to the flesh. So that's telling you, you are in a war. And the difference between the enemy that I can see and the enemy that you can see is you can't always see your enemy. We can see ours. Well, not necessarily. I could be like eight kilometers away, get the coordinates of grid to where your house is. And by the time you realize that I was there, you're going to hear shh. Kaboom! It's going to be gone. I was a tank driver and gunner, so yeah, just so you know, I didn't forget. But um, the difference is, is in the natural, you can see your enemy. In the spirit, you can't always see him. And he's subtle. He's not going to just run out like, we talk about this on Thursday on our authority of the believer. The adversary is not like this red dude with the pitchfork and all that. I like, you know, snag a tooth and everything and look all crazy. It describes him in the book. He's beautiful. And when he comes at you, he's going to come to you like an angel of light. But he's going to speak word. He'll even say the word to you, but he'll take it out of context but if you don't know the word, you don't know he just took it out of context and you fall on this trail and you're like, Lord, how did I end up in Montreal? I was trying to go to Smith Fall. How did I end up here? Because you got your grid, your coordinates off and you start following the wrong route. It says, though we will live in the flesh, we don't war out of the flesh. 
are mere human weapons for the weapons of our warfare. So that tells you that God has already given you weapons. Your weapons of your warfare are mighty before who? God. For what? The overthrow or destruction of strongholds. What are strongholds? Fortified patterns of thinking. Everybody has them. How you came up in your house, like if you as a kid, if you you went to Bobby's house and they did it this way, and you went you was at your house and like, man, my, Bobby Bobby's parents let him put his feet on the table. I mean, I would I work with a guy. He could smoke pot, he could drink, he can have sex with girls, all that in his mama's house. And his mama's thought theory was it's better for him to do it here than go out there and do it somewhere else. I'm like, I think mama was hitting that bong too. <laughs> that crazy. So if you were to go talk to him about the fact, man, you should, you know, your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. You want to, you know, maintain your body till you get to your sweet thing and everything. For him, it was all sweet. And I can't even got to leave it. I can stay in the comfort of my own home. So fortify patterns of thinking. Every action is produced by thought. Whether you thought about it today or 10 years ago is by thoughts which the adversary will send you. Okay, don't give it all away yet. Okay, not yet. He says, inasmuch as we refute or we drive out, thrust out theories, reasonings, and arguments, they lift them up, themselves up above the word of God. So the issues, the issues you're dealing with today is because if you watch TV and Jew and I was talking about this yesterday, how we was watching like like the television says that if you ain't got a boyfriend or y'all have a little argument and y'all break up for a little while. It's cool if you just leave that person and go hook up with somebody else. But don't tell that other person. And it wasn't just men doing it. It wasn't just women. It was everybody. Who was doing it? So society will that television tells a vision. It projects a vision of how life's supposed to be. And if your mind is not renewed, you will think that's the way it's supposed to be. Now, for us, we would look at it like that's stupid. Why would you do that? But a lot of people, that's their reality. For men growing up, you ain't a man unless you had about four, five, six, ten women. You know, you gotta, you know. You got to sow your oats, you know, let them know you a man. That don't make you a man. That just means you ain't got no self-control. And I mean, a men are visual. You can, you can see it and you take a picture. Unless you got a wife who will break your camera. What you doing? <laughs> but men can be visual. Women ain't moved by, aren't necessarily, they might see something that look good, but that joker got to have a game. He got to be, hey, baby, what's going on with you? <laughs> That's how you got her. You spit your game in and she bought, she took it. She hook, line, and seeker. But there are theories and there's arguments and there's reasoning all over. I mean, you ain't got to go far. I mean, here in Canada, you got all kind of stuff that... This is the way the law says it's supposed to be. Well, your law and my constitution don't match. My constitution holds higher place with me than what your law does. I'm choosing to follow what my constitution says. Did you just see that? So when you're pulling down 
reasoning is in arguments and theories. They exalt themselves above the word of God. What you're saying is, God, your word is the final authority. And I don't care what their law says, as long as I'm not going to, as long as I'm not, is not illegal, immoral, or unethical, and doesn't cause me to violate your law, I'll do it. The moment it says I got to violate your law to obey their law, I am not going to do it. Do y'all see that? That's how you, but that's where it has to start. You have to make a decision within yourself. Start, that's where it, the, it starts. I got to make this decision that God's word is going to be the final authority. And anything that tries to hold itself up higher than God's word, I'm going to pull that thought down and I refuse to, to submit to it. Now, you got, what you got to remember is your battle is not against flesh and blood. Didn't y'all hear that the first part? Though we, war, we live in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For we're not, our weapons are not carnal, neither is our battle. Our battle, according to Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 10 to 12 says that we are to finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Man, I got a revelation about the whole armor of God that when we get to it, whew, I got it at night. And I, June said I made too much. I was having a hallelujah shouting good time. <laughs> you make it too much noise, go away. <laughs> I know, but it's so good. Um, so. We pull down, we put on the whole armor of God so that we're able to stand against the schemes, the trickeries, and the methods of the, of the adversary. Did you hear that? You're standing against the schemes, trickeries, and methods of your adversary. What does he do? He shoots a thought to your soul to see if you're going to say it out of your mouth. And once you say it out of your mouth, you just activated his his minions to carry out the words that just came out of your mouth. Or you can he can shoot a thought to you. How do you pull that stronghold down? I don't receive that. My body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am not going to fornicate. I am not going to eat crazy stuff. I am not going to do all these things because it violates the constitution of the word of God. Do y'all see the difference between the two? The adversary has, he has no new tricks. Everything he does is, is been done before. He, he's a copycat. He's a knockoff. He tries, he can only imitate what God does. And the only way that it has any power on the earth is if you buy into it and you get yourself all emotional because they said this is going to happen. And, you don't refute it with the word of God. So it's okay to talk. See, Julian, it's okay for me to talk back to the TV. This is what's going to happen. The devil was a lie. Not on my watch is not going to happen. I cast that thought down. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, he says, so you can stand against the wiles of the devil for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness against spiritual wickedness in high places. In other words, you got demonic spirits trying to go around, trying to influence people. Now, what they would do is they will make a suggestion to this person. If this person is not born again, you can be born again and still be used by the devil if you yield to that spirit. If you yield to the spirit of fear, if you yield to the spirit of, of uh, division, if you yield to the spirit of uh, um, perversion, every, every, it, it, it goes to the Bible. Whoever you yield to, you become servant to. 
all of us have at some point in time have allowed ourselves to be used by the adversary to come against somebody else. Whether you realized it or not, whether you think you did or not, all of us have. Oh, you don't believe that? Let, a, let your husband say something the wrong way. He, he, you ask him a question and then he answers back and it sounds a little bit too snappy to you. That, that spirit of division, you going to let him talk to you like that, girl? Mm, if I was you, I, mm, I would get him told. Who you think you talking to? Like, and now it's on like popcorn. Now y'all are going into, and y'all don't even realize that y'all, and the husband, because you'd be like, Lord, what in the world is wrong with her? I would just, she asked me a question. I didn't think I said it snappy to her. And maybe she must be sleepy, tired of, you know, maybe she got company this week. I don't know, Lord, she crazy today. You know, we just said she crazy. But she heard, we said one thing, she heard something altogether different. Adversary, you gonna let him talk to you like if I was you, I get him told right there, and then she's snapping back at you, and you like who are you talking to like that? Because you know if you come at a man like that, you like who? she trying to disrespect me. Oh heck no, it ain't going down like that. And now y'all got a fight going on, and the adversary sitting back there eating popcorn. Got them, got them jokers, got them jokers. Do y'all see how that works? It's subtle. And this is the thing, even if you take authority over a, a demonic forces trying to operate in somebody else's life, you, I, you can't take authority over them, you can take authority over the spirit that's, that they're being influenced by. But if they want to have coffee and tea with that joke, that same spirit later on that day, you'll be, oh, you back? Oh, the devil, you got to, you got to go. Why? It's called a battle. See, the adversary is trying to see if you're going to keep, see, he'll try to wait you out. But you're the deciding factor. And he'll go away just like he did with Jesus, because the word of God says in James chapter 4, 7, it says, submit to God, resist the devil. And what's he going to do? Flee. You know what the word flee means? Run in stark terror. When you say, shut up and get out of my house. You ain't got no authority here. That joke, oh, okay, I don't want to. But. And then a little while later, he's going to be looking around the corner. Oh, it looked like a good opportunity. I'm a, <laughs> he, don't, he don't see me. And the next thing you know, and she be, come here, boo-boo. He, he didn't mean that. Come here. And he, she's cuddled back up with him again. You, what the? Oh, heck no. And what do you got to do? You gotta go through the whole opportunity again, but this, but this is what you do. After you don't cast the devil out, Father, I'm praying over someone. So you give me the words to say concerning this person, and then you begin to pray over that person. Oh, that's good, Lord. You begin to pray over that person. You begin to pray over. It. You go. I tell people start praying, and even in the midst of them arguing, talking all that smack, you start praying in the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden you'll see their lips go. And they won't even know why they went, but you will know why they went. And then you go love the fool off of them. Even though your flesh is like, you ought to put something in their food. You go love on them. Because when you're loving on them, you're operating just like your father. Last point. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. What does it say there? It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. In other words, don't be conformed to this world. 
but inwardly, where does God work? Inside out. Inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Did y'all hear that? He just wrapped it all up and put a pretty bow on it. If you're dominated by your five physical senses, you will always you will be selfish and you will operate no different than the world. But you begin to allow the word of God to get on the inside of you. You begin to pull down those things that you know don't line up with the word of God, which means you got to get in the word of God. So you will know what doesn't line up with the word of God. And the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance. Hey, 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 he'll be trying to tell you, hey, don't go there. Don't don't speak to him. Don't do this. I mean, I could tell you, and I, I, I share this with you, and I could be walking down the street, and if somebody comes, is walking towards me, and they ain't got the right intentions, he will be like, don't let me speak to him. Don't let me acknowledge him. I'm like, but my southern hospitality says, you speak to everybody. That's rude. And then I overrode it. Ooh, that's good. You can override the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not going to twist you. Dude, you don't. He ain't going to do all that. He'd be like, don't speak, don't say nothing to him. And then you say, hey, how you doing? And then they're like, hey, I'm doing good. And then they start all in that crazy. And you be like, the devil is a lie. I cast that thought down. You, be, you don't even know your life's in danger. June, if June even thinks you talking this close to me, you would know Jesus is real for real. Because you would be having a face to face. But what do you have to do? You have to, this is what the word says. I'm led by my spirit, not by my five physical senses. So if Holy Spirit tells me, don't say anything, my response is, don't say nothing. If the world says, you can have this. No, but the Bible says, I'm supposed to pull those thoughts down. I'm supposed to be renewed in the renewing of my mind. I'm not supposed to conform to how the world does it. I'm supposed to operate according to the kingdom of God. When I'm operating according to the kingdom of God, what will happen? This will empower you after you transform your mind by the word of God on how you're thinking. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying perfect in his eyes. How are you going to do it? Renew your mind on the inside to change how you think. So when Holy Spirit sends you a word concerning how you're supposed to respond, you're not, you're not fashioning your life after what the world, when we talk about the world, we're talking about this world's order rule of doing things, which is in total opposition to the kingdom of God. If you're, a kingdom, if you're in the body of Christ, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. God. God told me to tell you this one last thing. He says, in order for you to get kingdom of God results, you have to operate according to God's way. I didn't get to that part this morning, but praise the Lord. There's a lot more. But this is just the beginning. Winning the battle within starts with a decision. God's word is the final authority. When you make God's word the final authority and you get into the word because you have Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, who will lead and guide you into all truth. He will teach you in all things. He will teach you how to apply this word that you're hearing right now to your life so you can walk out in victory. See, 
when I was in boot camp, they had a simulation, this combat simulation, and they had bunkers blowing up around you, then, uh, you know, rubber bullets flying, don't stick your head up, rubber bullets flying over your head and everything, and it's a whole scenario like it would be in war. But can I tell you something? When you hit that beach, because Marines hit the beach, when you hit that beach, the life expectancy in, 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 the, in my unit was eight seconds from the time you hit the beach. Eight seconds. And when those bullets are coming at you and you hear all that stuff blowing up around, it's not make-believe. It, it will kill you. So if you don't learn how to train before you get in the fight, when you get in the fight, your lips will get tight, even though you have all the ammunition. I'm not going to die with a, with, a, with a clip full of bullets. I'm going to be firing my bullets, your bullets, got my bayonet out. I'm, I'm taking them out. I mean, I might have holes on them. I'm, ah, I'm crazy. I'm going to get you. But don't die with a whole bunch of bullets in your gun. You have a whole, you got a whole uh, battalion full of bullets in that Bible. Don't die with, don't die with your, with your, lock, your gun locked and loaded on safe because you don't want to offend somebody. Speak the word only. They get offended. Oh, Sam, my mom used to say, and I'm going to say this because I know my mama's not watching this right now. Y'all better not tell my mama. She would say, if you're mad, scratch your butt and get glad. If they get mad, tell them scratch the butt and get glad. They'll be all right. They'll get over it. All right. Amen. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word today. Thank you, Father God, that you brought it with some comedy. But, Father, the principles are true. We win the battle within when we make your word the final authority. But the first place we start, our Father, is when we make the decision to make Jesus the Lord of our life. So if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you'd like to make him the Lord of your life right now, or you've made him the Lord of your life before, but you know you, you haven't been living your life the way you're supposed to, we'd like to give you an opportunity to get back in right fellowship with him right now. And according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it's as simply as praying this prayer from your, out of your mouth, being it from your heart, in the name of Jesus. So this is the prayer. Heaven, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my burdens for me. Lord Jesus, Come into my heart and save me now. I repent of my sins. I'm sorry, Lord. And I receive your offer of forgiveness. I receive the Holy Spirit with a baptism and speaking in tongues. I receive it right now. Right now, I'm born again. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer for the very first time or you prayed it before and you need some help, you need some assistance. The first thing we always say you want to get into a good Bible, Bible teaching church that teaches the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus and about the blood of Jesus and teaches you not only what the word says, but how to apply it to your everyday life. Faithful Life Center is a great place for you to get started. So if you're looking for a, a church, we'd like to welcome you to Faithful Life Center or if you if you're not in our area and you're in another area, 
Hey, send us some information at info at faithfullifeottawa.com and we will get the information out to you to help you to find a good word-based church that will teach you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we want to thank you all who have joined us today online and we want to welcome you to come back again and meet us next week at this same time. Have a blessed